0: Support any friend, oppose any foe, to assure
1: the survival and the success of liberty. You have found the 22 November Network, the voice of the grassroots JFK research community. This is the Lone Gummin Podcast with your host, your boy, Rob Clark. Everybody, I won't put you through any more torture listening to that horrible Elvis impression. Welcome to the Lone Gumming Podcast. This is your boy Rob Clark, episode number 29. Umbrella Man, Umbrella Man, Dark Complected Man. We're gonna take a little look and see what we think was going on with these guys, who they were, but first. My friends, the time is upon us. Finally, this will be the last Lone Gunman podcast not ever, just before the conference. What what are you thinking? Okay, next week, your boy Rob Clark and your boy Doug Campbell, host of the fine podcast, The Dallas Action, are going to be live and in person at the uh, Warren Report, 50 Year Later Conference in Alexandria, Virginia. Can't wait for that. It's a critical look. They're going to have such speakers as Ed Tetro, uh, Gary Powers Jr., Ed Haslam, Phil Nelson, Peter Janney, and uh, a host of others. I think Greg Burnham was just added. Uh, Judith Baker, uh, and a, a ton of other people, and it's gonna be cool, it's gonna be a good time, and this is your last chance, people. Okay, get to Alexandria one way or the other if you can. I'm urging everyone to do it because we want to hang out with you. You don't have to buy anything in advance, you can get tickets at the door. I think it's like 65 bucks. Walk up, price to the door. Just you don't even have to stay at that hotel. Just get there. We can hang out. Uh, it's going to be a good time. But if you cannot, I'm going to remind everybody right now that me and Doug are going to be going full monkey tilt with uh, on the scene podcast. We're going to be podcasting live from the conference. Uh, we both are multiple nights. Uh, we're going to have to schedule up later on this week on 22 November, the, uh, approximate subject to change, uh, schedule of when we, you know, kind of plan on doing this over the weekend. Uh, we, we are going to be doing some interviews with, with a lot of the speakers there and, uh, we'll be bringing those to you in future podcasts, um. We're going to be tweeting live from the conference all day long in real time. You're going to know exactly what these people are talking about. Um, we're going to be your eyes and ears there if you cannot make it there. Um, so yeah, this is it. This is the last chance, people. This is the last time you're going to hear from me before I'm actually at the conference. I'm hoping we're going to be doing a podcast next Friday and next Saturday. Definitely, we're gonna do two back to back—one Friday night, one Saturday night—and uh, possibly one Sunday. We'll see how it goes. And that goes for me and Doug both. So you're gonna have a ton of content. We're gonna be on each other's shows. We're gonna be—we're talking about what we what we saw and heard that day, and who we talked to, and it's gonna to be totally and utterly insane. We're gonna have uh, you know just total coverage of this thing. If you cannot go, but anyway, hopefully you. You find a way to get there and we will see you there. We can hang out. And like I said, be looking out. We're going to send a reminder out to the website and on Twitter. Follow our Twitter feed. We're going to use the special hashtag um, Warren report. Hashtag Warren report. Okay. For the weekend. So any, 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 any questions you want to send our way, make sure you put a hashtag, uh, Warren report behind it. Cause we will be checking that feed all day. Make sure you follow the 22 November network feed. So you get all of our tweets live and in real time and you can follow along with the speakers and what they're talking about and pictures. Um, you can find that under the info button on the speaker page right under my big ugly mug there it says info you click on that it's got all the links you need right there it's got it's got the website the the, the gmail the uh twitter the facebook it's got all the links right there you need so click on the twitter one and make sure you hit follow if you don't have a twitter account make one it's real simple all you need is a name and, a, and an email account and you can get you know you can follow us every time we tweet something you'll see it in, in real time, it's gonna be—it's gonna be really cool, really different, really groundbreaking, and hopefully, we're gonna set the pace for this for uh, the way these conferences get covered for the future. Because I know in the past, you know, you ha- you have to actually be there, which is very hard for people, you know, across the country, especially when it's being held in some place like Texas, which is in. Basically, the middle from the west coast, and the middle from the east coast, and it's it's pretty far away from the north. And people are going to be traveling. You're talking thousands of miles from every different direction just to get there. And you know, it's it's always been a very exclusive few that get to go and get to experience these these conferences in Dallas and uh, all the JFK conferences and meet all the people and the authors and everything. And You know, you always had to wait months and months and months before you you could buy the DVD. Well, no more. Because we're going to be doing this on the ground, live in real time. You're going to know exactly what's going on, who's saying what, who's who. And we couldn't be happier to bring it to you and be given this chance and opportunity to show the world what me and Doug can do uh, on the network for the JFK research community. And we couldn't be excited and couldn't be happier about it. Okay, so that's that's my shilling, my Kurt shilling for the day. Um, just be sure to check it out next weekend, the 26th, 27th, the 28th. All weekend long, full boogie tilt, balls to the wall coverage. Okay, it's going to be cray cray. As the young kids say. Alright. Oh. Never mind. I'll get to that here in a second. So today. Big shouts out to my listener buddy Mike. He sent me an email. Which I encourage all of you to do. If you have a question. Or you have a topic you'd like me to address. And. Mike asked me. What I think about the dark complected man and the umbrella man and who they were and what exactly they were doing. And I said, okay, Mike, you got it, buddy. This weekend, we're going to do it because while it's not a giant, huge, uh, bone of contention in the community, as far as all that goes, these two individuals, and you can see them in many, many, many different photos throughout the day. Um, and I, I put up a bunch of photos of them on the website. You can check it out. They're captured in the, there's a Pruder film. You know, they're captured from the other side of the street. Excuse me. Sorry about that. It's late and I'm tired. Uh, but they're captured in many, many photos that day and, uh, doing different things. And, The so-called Umbrella Man appears to be a white Caucasian male, uh, average build, average height, with a slight pompadourish haircut, clean shaven, Whilst the dark-complected man appears to be of Latino descent, a little dark skin to him. Uh, he's wearing glasses. He's wearing a hat, and he has looks what appears to be a little bit of facial hair, as well. Um, now, whether these two guys are together, nobody really knows, because if you go back and look at the pictures, they're not really standing together. Okay, you have the Umbrella Man up on the grassy part, uh, right there near the Stemmons Freeway sign. And if you look at the dark-complected man, it looks like he's almost standing in the road. A little further down, closer to where the Newmans were. And I don't know if he was standing in the road or not, but damn sure it looks like it. If he wasn't, he was, you know, on the curb. And from their activity that day, um, it was said the Umbrella Man, of course it was not raining at the time, he had his umbrella open. And he was pumping it up and down as President Kennedy went by. He was, you know, had his umbrella open and he was pumping it up and down. And dark-complected man appears to just be waving. He has his hand raised in the air. I don't know if it's a fist or if it's a wave. It's kind of hard to tell. And then in some of the photos of the aftermath, we see dark-complected man and umbrella man uh, sitting on the the street curb together. And it appears if they are talking, that's why a lot of people speculate that they did know each other and that they were familiar with each other and they knew each other. And neither one wanted to give an interview because there were newspaper men all around that knoll. As soon as the shots were fired. I mean you see them. All over the place. I mean you see. The pictures of the Newmans. On the ground. From a bunch of different directions. And guys taking the picture. Almost standing right over top of them. There were newspapers and photographer. Uh, photographer guys and newspaper guys. All over the place. And. And. Bill and Gail Newman were were scooped up by this newscaster and put on the air live 10 minutes after the assassination. Now, why you would want to put a young family like that with their kids and everything on the air is beyond me. I mean, I would think... You might be better off being asked to two grown men what they saw and bring them into the station and inconvenience them if they wanted to be interviewed, which I doubt they did. Um, Which is why we have Bill and Yale Newman. Now, I've heard many, many theories as to exactly who these guys were uh, from the official account. Uh, saying it was Louis Stephen Witt, who came forward during the HSCA investigation, and who claimed that what he was doing uh, uh, amounted to a somewhat of a political protest towards the, the Kennedy family. So, something I, I'm not—I can't even remember what it was about. But the umbrella was meant to be like a. A, uh, I don't even know the word I'm looking for. Meant to be like a sign or a, a symbol of uh, disdain or, or whatever for the way the Kennedy family was, was voting towards something or leaning towards something. It was meant to be done in protest, like as a FU, you know, to the Kennedys. Or so Mr. Witt says. Now, a lot of people say, oh, you know, it can't be Witt. You know, they pulled this guy out of thin air. You know, blah, 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 blah. But of all the pictures of these two guys in Dealey Plaza that day, I did find one where the face of Louis Stephen Witt and the Umbrella Man in Dealey Plaza do look very similar to each other as far as the way the facial features go now (coughs) the hairlines don't quite match right but you know the faces could could I'm not saying they're an exact match but it could be uh, the same guy now who this guy really is I have no idea you know he could be anybody but um that's one theory I've also heard of dark complected man being Orlando Bosch just because of the glasses but like I was telling somebody in, in, uh, in, one, of the, in one of the forums there that if you're going to be you know on a job the easiest disguise that you can do without looking like a total phony is if you wear glasses take them off if you don't wear glasses, wear glasses if you normally have facial hair, shave it off if you normally clean shaven grow facial hair Um, if you normally wear a hat, don't wear a hat if you normally don't wear a hat, wear a hat you understand what I'm saying these are the simplest forms of disguise anyone can do Um, and based on the nose alone I disqualify Orlando Bosch with impunity um, because it's, at certain angles you can see that the dark complexion man has a very strong uh, Romany type nose, a beak if you will, I think somebody called it. Um, and. Um, like I said, you know, the guy's wearing a hat and glasses, so, Orlando Bosch, sorry, he's got like a puggish kind of, uh, button nose, and the noses just don't match, you know, that the, uh, if you look at him vaguely, you know, as far as vaguely, shape of the head, vaguely, you know, with glasses or whatever, it does kind of resemble Orlando Bosch. Okay, but uh, it's not unless unless the guy, dark complexed man, was wearing a fake nose to boot, uh, along with his glasses, you know, which is possible. You know, <laughs> I'm not gonna put anything past these guys. Um, but what a lot of people I found out, and what I agree with too, based on uh, who else was around Dealey Plaza at the time. And if these two guys were doing something, uh, you know, it would have been Mr. Roy Hargraves and Mr. uh, Philippe Vidal Santiago. These are part of, uh, Interpen, part of Heming's, Heming's crew. Um, you know, these anti Castro freedom fighters, killers, mercenaries. You know, these are a couple of the guys. And then, if you don't know who Roy Hargraves is in Santiago, go go back and listen to Doug's, that was action podcast, but he, he lays it out very well as to how ruthless and, uh, bloodthirsty, heartless these guys were. They would do anything for money, country, um, You know, these guys were tools. These were the guys that had, that you could plausibly deny. CIA contractors, mercenaries, people you hired out to do your dirty work for you. And trust me, these guys could do it. Now, what the hell were they doing there? Okay? Is the next logical question. And I've heard it posited. Uh, in various groups before. That Umbrella Man. Actually had a gun. A secret CIA. Type. Uh, flanchette shooting gun. That shot like poison. Paralyzing darts. In the Kennedy's neck. Okay, and I would say if the man was pumping his umbrella up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, that it would be kind of hard to get off a well-aimed shot if you're sitting there pumping your umbrella up and down, at least I would think. Uh, I don't know anything about these guns. I know they do exist. The plans of for them are on the internet. You know, it's up to you whether you want to believe that that umbrella was a gun. There's no way to prove it. Um, a lot of people have even looked uh, very closely at the spoke pattern on the umbrella. You know, to try and determine if it was one of these uh, gu- excuse me, going to these guns that the CIA had. Hang on a second. I got the hiccups. Alright, sorry about that. I think they have subsided. Um. Where were we? Oh, the Umbrella Man. I'm like, I'm like, Umbrella, Um, yeah. Like, a lot of people looked at me, even, even at the spokes. They've tried to slow down the, uh, different films of the assassination to try to capture a, in a projectile hitting Kennedy's throat but I just don't believe that I don't buy that aspect of the story I think Kennedy's throat wound if it was indeed truly a wound of entry was uh, garnered from the windshield shot from the front towards the front of the car it had to be from the south knoll Right through the windshield. Right into Kennedy's throat. Um, so I don't know where. Unless there's things on Kennedy we weren't told about. Uh, such as dart, little darts or something. Uh, that were overlooked. Um, you know we just don't have any of that kind of evidence. That the umbrella was a gun. <clears throat> now moving back for a minute to, uh, Santiago and Hargraves, these were known associates of Jerry Hemming, Lauren Hall, Lawrence Howard, who we can put in Dallas that day with a rifle. Uh, you know, these were titan- tight, tight, knit group of guys at least back then they were i mean they they kind of fractured as time went on and started blaming each other for various things and but uh at one point in time they all took a brunt of the blame for the JFK assassination uh jerry hemming lauren hall lawrence howard william seymour roy hargraves who was even impl- Im- implemented I don't know if that's the right order looking for here in the uh, implicated in the uh, Martin Luther King assassination along with Hemming um people believe that uh and well, and David Christ or Christ or whatever his name is um people say that Roy Hargreaves might have been Raul <coughs> who of course helped set up James Earl Ray while Hemming fired the fatal shots. But. This is not a podcast about the Martin Luther King assassination. It's about the JFK assassination. And there was no umbrella man in Memphis. Sorry to say. So anyway. Back to Dealey Plaza. Okay. Now the behavior of these two is odd. And. And. Even in a couple pictures, it appears that the dark-complected man quite possibly might have something tucked up under his arm or in his back pocket that appears to be a radio of some sorts, which, if he was in the street or as close to the street as he was, and his hand was up as a signal to keep shooting the job's not done yet or to keep going and that when his hand was, was moved down, that's when they can stop. I don't know. That's what I, that's what I've heard. He could have been a signal man, you know, insofar as to tell them to be a visual clue to keep shooting or for having Greer to stop or slow down, uh, you know, various theories, various theories, but, uh, All very crazy. I mean, there's only so far you can really go into this in in these two and what they were doing there. Um, I don't believe they were shooters. That's the main thing. The weird thing is that they do sit on the curb after the shots. You know, they didn't didn't head up to the grassy knoll to see what was going on. They didn't uh, immediately beat feet out of the area they just calmly sit on the curb like it's just another day you know I mean these guys were close they were very close to to JFK when he got his head blown off and for them not to feel the need to do anything other than just sit their asses on the curb is a little odd to me unless they were Uh, compartmentalized which means that they didn't exactly know what was going to happen they just were told to be there Um, and then this thing happened and they were like holy shit and they just had to sit down for a minute I don't know I mean it could be could be anything Um, but like I said there's only so far you can go with these with these two I don't think there's anything too terribly sinister about them if they were there, if they were part of the Interpen team, if they were uh, helping the shooters, you know, it's it's kind of a moot point. I mean, it, to me the guy looks like looks like Santiago, and, and to me the other guy resembles Roy Hargraves. Not a dead ringer in the face, I don't believe, for Roy Hargreaves, but the other guy is for, for Santiago. And the more I was thinking, who has a pompadour hairdo like that? And one name that, that that jumped right out at me was Thomas Beckham. And we talked about Thomas Beckham before, being in New Orleans, being run by Fred Christman and the organization, uh, knowingly Harvey Oswald, um, carrying stuff to Lawrence Howard in Dallas for the assassination, like the plans and whatnot. So is it far fetched to believe that that guy might be Thomas Beckham and the other guy might be Santiago and that they didn't actually, you know, know each other, know each other, um, beforehand, they just both happened to, you know, sit down on that curb and take a seat for a minute, um, because as we know, we don't, we don't know exactly Thomas Beckham's whereabouts on 22 November 1963. We do know a lot of what he said and what he told us that he did. You know, as far as being part of the assassination uh, plan, or being, being there when the assassination was planned. And he helped courier plans to Lawrence Howard in Dallas for it you know, from this little group in New Orleans that, you know, held, uh, Clay Shaw, David Ferry, and, uh, you know, some of the other guys that were New Orleans based luminary. I think Leighton Martins was there. He said, uh, one of Carlos Marcelo's nephews, Victor, and, uh, a couple other people. I'm trying to remember, uh, Braden, Jim Braden. Uh, was there as well and we know Jim Braden was uh, arrested in Dealey Plaza in the uh, Dow Tech's building and you know just just the, the host the host of the, 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 the the creepiest bad guys you know were in Dealey Plaza if you if you go look up James Richards and I'll put a link up to it uh, who's who in Dealey Plaza familiar faces in Dealey Plaza You'll see a host of people up in there, like, uh, uh, Rip Robertson, uh, who's a guy, Joseph Miltier. Somebody looks like Jerry Hemming. I mean, there's all kinds of, uh, people, people look like Lucien Sarti or not Lucien Sarti, uh, Lucian, somebody, another, another military, uh, intelligence guy, but it is pretty crazy, the amount of people, bad guys, that were in Daly Plaza that day, for, you know, for the assassination. And maybe not all taking part, maybe not all having prior knowledge, but too many to deny as it is. And it's just crazy how many people were there. But like I said, in order to clarify, I don't believe Umbrella Man was just innocent Louis Stephen Witt. Um, if you want to believe him and his story, that's fine. It doesn't really matter one way or the other. Dark, complexed man was Santiago. It makes sense. If it was Hargraves, it makes sense. Bosch, you know, yeah, he was CIA, but uh, I don't think he was there It doesn't look like him to me, you know, except that he, the fact that he has his glasses, you know, and kind of the shaped head he had, but the nose, you know, the nose, nose, can't, can't get away from that nose. Um, but that's it this week. Also, you know, like I said, you can only go so far with this thing, but that's, that's the way I fall on dark, epileptic man and umbrella man that in the big scheme of things, it really doesn't matter who they are. Uh, they didn't have a gigantic contribution to the assassination. It would be helpful to know who they were, um, for, for, for definite, you know, just for identification purposes and who they could be possibly tied to. Um, but we can sure as hell speculate off of what we got anyway. And, uh I'll put up all the photos of them on the website so you can check them out and make up your own mind about who they were. If you think I got it wrong, let, let me know. Email me if you have a question or you want me uh, to address anything on a future show. Drop me an email at the lone gunman Podcast at gmail.com. The link is right under my info button, right under my big ugly mug on the uh, Spreaker page there. My speaker page, you'll see It, it says info. You click that. And it has a link straight to my email. And uh, feel free to drop me a line, ask a question, Uh, anything you want me to cover on a future podcast. I'd be more than happy to talk to you, more than happy to do it. Uh, That's what I've been doing the past couple weeks. I've been uh, answering emails with these shows and and doing what people want me to do. And I love it. I don't mind doing it. And it it helps me branch out a little bit and get out of my comfort zone and and dress and. You know, look into some things that I may have not looked into fully before. And I have an announcement to make, everyone. We started the 22 November Network, okay, for the grassroots JFK research community, okay? This is for you. It's not just for us, it's also for you. It's a place to come to get info, to hear some cool shows, to read some cool blogs, Uh, You know, evidentiary analysis, you know, assassination conversation, assassination observations, all in one place. And it's time we moved and start to initiate phase two of the network. We will be having a contest. okay? because we need content and I've approached several people personally, uh, who I think are some of the brightest minds out there in the, uh, research community, uh, to maybe do some guest blogs on the, uh, website. And I've gotten some, some favorable response, some, some, uh, not really comfortable with doing it. Uh, it's basically just like writing a paper, an article, you know, you write it in an email form. You attach pictures, links, whatever you want to do, okay? But we're going to be having a contest, okay? And the winner of the contest, okay, is going to get a signed first edition print book of the Warren Report, okay? Now, as you know, we are going to the Warren Report 50 years later conference this coming weekend we are going to get everyone that is speaking there to sign it to personalize it okay to say what a giant piece of crap it is okay me and doug will sign it we're going to get all the luminaries there to sign it it's going to be a one of a kind awesome prize to have for your collection it's it's the the first edition printing of the warren report Okay, it's a 50 year old book, hardcover. Okay, it's in good condition and it is going to be signed and autographed by all those luminaries attending the conference. So if you would like to have this book for your collection, okay, it's it's going to be one of a kind. There's never going to be another one like it. Okay, here's what you have to do. We are going to be accepting submissions. For guest bloggers, for the network, it's real simple. We want evidentiary analysis blog posts. Okay, we don't want opinion pieces. Okay, we want them to be be able to be backed up with fact, with research, with testimony. You know, with uh, picture evidence. Just. You, you know what we're talking about. You've seen the kind of stuff we post on the, on the, on the, on the network. Excuse me. <clears throat> and, uh, all you have to do is, 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 send your submissions. Okay. To 22NovemberNetwork.wordpress.com. Actually, no. Let me rephrase that. 22 Gmail.com. Okay, you can send them there. Or you can, of course, submit them to the Lone Gummin Podcast at gmail.com. We are taking them at, at, at uh, both locations. And the winner will receive a one of a kind first edition Warren Report book signed by everyone in attendance. And I'm talking to everybody. You know, we're going to get Dr. Denton to sign it. We're going to get Ed Tatrow to sign it. We're going to get Phil Nelson, Peter Janney, Judy Baker, Ed Haslam, Greg Byrne. We're going to get all these people to sign this book. And then we're going to have them write a little a little snippet in there of how, what they feel about the Warren Report. Okay, It's going to be awesome to have. It's going to be one of a kind. And all you have to do is submit an article via email. Okay. You write it out from the email. You attach the pictures you want to attach to it. You you put in there whatever links you want links to. Okay? And we will pick a winner. And that winner will receive the Warren Report book. It doesn't have to be a book. You know, it could be a couple paragraphs. Um, you know, whatever interests you, whatever you think a lot of people might not be aware of whatever personal research you're doing and what you've come across and what you found uh things like that you know like get into you know anything you know was was marina agent or was marina oswald an uh kgb agent and you go through and you list why you think she might have been and the, and the evidence to support it and the testimony to support it and uh you know a couple pages email done okay you list your supporting evidence real simple and and, and not only the winner is is going to get posted on the 22 November network you know we're going to space these things out we're going to we're going to try to post them all up of course all of them might not be worthy of being posted there don't worry about grammar. You know, we can fix all that just as long as the meat of the blog post is evidentiary analysis. Okay. No, no hearsay, no Oswald in the doorway, no opinions. It needs to be evidentiary analysis of, of whatever aspect of the case that you want to focus on and you want to address. And, um, The winner will receive a signed copy of a first edition Warren Report hardcover book. Not the 26 volumes, of course. Just a first edition printing of the Warren Report in hardcover. Personally signed by all speakers in attendance. It's going to be awesome. So please, submit your blog submissions by, this is important, You need to get them to us by November 22nd, 2014. It's real easy to remember. This is the 22 November Network. You need to get all submissions in by 22 November 2014. And you don't have to just do one. You can do multiple blog posts by then. And we will pick the best. What we feel is the best one. And... That'll be the winner. They'll get the book, but we are going to reserve the right to post, you know, your blogs at you know at at, at our leisure at will. Um. So just know that in advance. That's it for this week, people. Um, we will see you live from Alexandria, Virginia, next week at the conference, and we cannot mm-hmm. wait to see you there. Always- this some bitches up to the satellite beam down to you. Rob Clark is out. See you in Alex Alexandria, Virginia. Stay tuned. 22 November network wordpress.com a night, I got a lot
0: of things I need to explain. But baby, you know the name. And love is about things. So stop the claims and drop the order restraint. I sex slice the game, so back me down in the pain. I can't wait no more. Just about a quarter past three and sure days I mean, I got the big league ballet. I'm just outside the Jersey, past the Palisades, and I love to see that ass in hoops and shades. Swirl down on the bed while I'm yanking the braids. Thug style, you never thought I'd make a smile while I'm smacking your ass and fucking you all out. We share something so rare, but who cares? You can We've been through worse weather like that. Stormy night, you wrote a dead child letter. and took my bins and keyed and cut the leather. Bitch, you better than MOB. Money over bitches or the INC. I got two or three hoes for every B. And I keep you drugged up off that ecstasy. I'm a playground legend, like come and B. We. My nigga in the league got more game than me. I play harder, so many women I bothered. Meet them with scars, and sent them home hot and bothered. Shoot to death, it's life and a parent.
1: Richard Hook is a dick face liar.
0: You do it right to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store.